tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello and welcome to the Ultimate Fighter, a champion will be crowned after Buzz Show. My name is Daria Baronado, and I am joined by my lovely co-host, Alexis Torres hey, and Mr. Jay Tan. Hey, sound like a congested monkey. <laughs> See, I wasn't going to say anything. But you guys no called gym. me out. It's okay. I, I'm a little <laughs> sick today, guys. But thankfully, you are separated between me and technology. It's only these people nice. that are at risk right now. Yeah. <laughs> Hiding behind this one. No, over don't here, hide right? behind me. <laughs> I'm a, I'm separated for a reason. I'm over here. We have a nice two feet gap between the two of us. Anyway, we had a super exciting episode this week, and I'm not just saying that. It was episode number five, mm -hmm. and I think finally, for the first time in this season, we started to really see some incline in drama yes, and action in yeah. the cage. Yeah, I think the, the payoff is starting to kick in. They've been playing right. the seeds the first four episodes, mm -hmm. and we're coming back after, what, two-week hiatus? Yeah. yeah. Welcome back, guys. October um, 1st was the last show, so yeah. October 1st was the last one? Yeah, was really? the last yeah, show. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. been two weeks. Wow, mm -hmm. okay. Uh, doing my math wrong, but at any rate, <laughs> yeah. Now I think we're season five. What we're talking about, thirteen weeks or so. You're going to see stuff uh, kick in the high gear, I think. And of course, the big payoff this weekend was Felice Herrig and Heather Joe Clark finally uh, the rematch right. uh, happening in the cage and and the build up. You know, it's been uh, that they the seeds that they've been planting for the first couple of uh, episodes, right. And, which I don't think was so much Felice versus Heather. It was insofar as when that ish, that match was addressed. Mm -hmm. But, man, it's been... This is like the boiling point of the anti-Heather uh, Clark house. Yeah. yeah. Which seems to be the case, you know, almost unanimously. And uh, yeah, I've, I've always taken the side of feeling bad about that. Um, but, man... Everybody else. I mean, they wouldn't even support her. Like, in when they were in the when they were practicing. Yeah, um, yeah. They were was... like, "Yeah, we're not going to cheer you on." I was just like, "What are we doing here?" I yeah, mean, I, I they get it. they took it to an extreme, in my opinion. I mean, mm -hmm. there's one thing to not like a certain girl. That happens anytime you get a group of girls together. There's always the odd odd man out. There yeah. always is. I don't know what it is about. Uh, well, it's how... a house full of girls. Yeah. <laughs> Part of it. That's yeah. true. But there's always the one girl that everyone seems to love to hate. And yeah. it just seems to me like the easy way out. You know what I mean? It's so mm -hmm. easy to go with the flow. It's so yeah. easy to be mean to the person that everyone dislikes in the house. But you know what's hard? Mm -hmm. Is sticking up for her and, and yeah. realizing that it's wrong. I think it's gotten a little too far, a little too carried away. Um, Heather Joe Clark does strike me as someone that might be a little annoying to be around. But at the same time, when you see everybody ganging up on her, I mean, really? Yeah, it was, is it that it bad? Sucks. I mean, I I don't know. I just feel like that's why I wanted I wanted her to win this one because I was hoping that maybe it would shine some light. Like, right. hey, you know, yeah. Maybe yeah. they would respect her maybe in a, a sense. Bit. Just, yeah, just a little. But I felt like uh, she kind of lost her chance there. Yeah. But, but I mean, she went down fighting, so I can't. 
literally. Yeah, it's just <laughs> occurring to me now. You know what's the what's the um, what's her play to make now? What is to be the Junie Chris Liebman character? She needs oh, to start God. drinking her ass off. It's going crazy. And just yeah, just go right. Just that nuts yeah. there. You know. Yeah. Throwing, uh, you know, tainting everybody's food and, uh, and and God knows what else. Banging, you know, making oh. noise. Nobody can sleep. I don't know. Sabotage all the matches for the rest of the season. Okay. Heather, well, it's already been done. I, mean, I don't know if you did that or not, but, you know. Jay wishes that you did. Yeah, you know. I agree. I, don't, I would put money on the fact that if she acted like Chris Lieben in this house it would be so much worse because the way that women react to touching people touching their stuff to the way men react have you ever seen bad girls club i mean come on i can't when you touch a girl's weave or anything that's that's personal it's on on, baby any weaves on this season no No, maybe some like hair messing around stuff whatever Uh, oh switching the panties Oh, Switching yes. the panties in different drawers—that would that, be a good one. That would be crazy. That would, <laughs> all hell would break loose if they yeah. did that. Yeah, I mean, you could. T- I saw. Uh, I think it was Tisha Torres was riding in the car with some Louis Vuittons on. If you touch mm. those, you know, yeah, no, put some done. fingerprints on her Louis Vuittons, it would mm. be over. Yeah, no way. Um, last week, the, not last week, but on October first, last episode we saw, uh, we saw Carlos Barza, the number one seated, defeat the number sixteen seated Angela mm. Hill. Just a little recap uh, via rear naked choke and. Next week, we have uh, Angela Magana versus Ashley Daling. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 12, Angela Magana versus number 5, Ashley Daling. I think that's going to be a really exciting fight. Mm-hmm. Um, Ashley Daly kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, uh, Joanne Calderwood. Like She's kind of yeah, like sweet and innocent little, and quiet, yeah. but maybe she'll come out. Are they both Scottish? Uh, I Scottish and Irish. I okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe that's what. But, yeah. On the same half of the world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but... On a very sad note, Justine Quiche. Yeah, I felt really bad. She had mm-hmm. to... But I called it. I'm just letting you all know. I called it. <laughs> yeah, you did. Two weeks ago. <laughs> you did. Uh, she had to withdraw from the tournament because she tore her ACL. Um, oh, what a bad, yeah. bad timing. Um, like we said, she still has a UFC contract, though. It's not like years ago on The Ultimate Fighter where... Or mm-hmm. any other season on The Ultimate Fighter, for that fact, where if you lost... You're out of the house. You don't get a chance at the UFC contract. At least she still has that contract. So she could, you know, go on to uh, compete. It it was much more of a, uh, of a, threat's not the right word, but uh, uh, much more of a thing if you didn't get to, uh, if an injury sidelined you and took you out of the tournament in years prior. Yeah. Yeah. Because again, the show didn't necessarily have the same precedent uh, that it had, that it has now. Mm -hmm. Whereas where you know that, as long as you know you show and prove and you impress uh, the the powers that be, Joe Silva and Dana, mm-hmm. um, you know chances are you'll get uh, you'll get at least one match to show and prove. But definitely, but, but also here, like you said, all these girls have contracts and um, they can't. I mean, there, there's the clause where you can get cut when you lose mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. have a loss, but mm-hmm. she doesn't have a loss, yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't count. Right, absolutely. Um, and I think, especially for female, I'm females. I mean, how many 115-pounders are there? You're either on, on the UFC's radar or you're not yet. And Justine Keish is obviously on their radar because she got on the show. So yeah. it's not like she's going to be forgotten about. I think they yeah. obviously, okay, she's healing, she's recovering. Yeah. We'll get her back on as soon as she's is, ready. That is tough to be in that Definitely. house, to train. Yeah, as... and she was talking about how she was really upset. Like, she's like, if you're going to do that, at least, like, let me fight and let me lose. Yeah. And then right. cut me. Don't, you know, I didn't want to walk out like that. And that was yeah. really mm-hmm. painful to listen to. Or she to she seems like a, like, a, like a tough girl, like a, like a warrior, a real fighter. And she seems like the type that 
like you said, would want to lose her turn there. Wouldn't want to just get that buy. Because a lot of the girls might look at it as a buy. Like, okay, I'm not in the tournament. I'm not in this house. But at the same time, I'm still in the UFC. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it but sucks. That was, this was this tournament is a shot to become the champion, and yeah. all That's those true. women yeah. want to be champion, and they probably see themselves mm-hmm. as the top one. Yeah. of yeah. of the whole thing, and, and it's the first champion yeah. in the one fifteen yeah. pound division. So that's another thing. Uh, even though the other girls have a chance to win the title back once mm-hmm. they're off the show, mm-hmm. they weren't the first. You know yeah. what I mean? This is the first ever in the history of the UFC 115-pound champ. Yeah. So I think that's also something. I mean, that's like it's like being Ronda Rousey. It's like being the the founder, the the beginner in this division. So, mm-hmm. do we know offhand? I'm thinking an ACL. Depending on whether she went in for surgery or or how big of a tear. Uh, I've torn my ACL twice. That's so six, oh wow, five, six that's months, why I, right? That's why I can't fight. Yeah, that's six months. Yeah. yeah. So depending that, on how fast it, it heals, because right. um, for mine, the first time it was six months. Second time was a year. Wow. So. so this was shot over the summer, July, maybe into August. We're in at the end of October now. So with this finale coming up. In December, she's probably not going to be no, ready. No, I don't think so. so. She needs to, and Pro- she still has to go through physical therapy and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And that, right. that usually equates to a little bit past six months, usually. Yeah. So we're talking about, right. I'd say even possibly spring 2015 yeah. that we'll see her fight in the UFC. Right. Yeah. She's got she's got a lot of time, and then she's it's not going to feel the same. It's it's going to be tough because mm-hmm. I know that usually right after you tear uh, you tear you tear your ACL, like your leg just feels completely different. Really? It's really, yeah, it's really strange. Like, like it's uh, it took not me not as secure. I mean, the ligament is really tiny. So mm-hmm. the fact that if, let's say, if it does heal correctly and she does go through surgery, there are other precautions of it can be stretched. That was also my problem, hence why mm-hmm. I retore it. Right. So that means that you have to go through another surgery, and then it's just it's really hard, and you can't bend your knee completely sometimes. So you have to get back into that training. So it's oh. it's a it's a terrible thing to tear. So and, to get it back to the point where you can have muscle in there and throw yeah. you know kicks and knees and, and that's the problem it's going to be all up here because you can feel it oh that's the other problem. so it's like a mental thing yeah because you can you can obviously tell when a ligament like especially that is inside you can completely feel it moving like and, oh, wow yeah it's it, it's really bad and it's so you think it's a, gonna be a mental journey as well i think so i mean i think i i know she looks like a strong person so i'm not i'm confident that she'll be able to get back on her feet right but that's a that's an injury that's that can really mess you up. Right. Like even basketball players, that could end a career wow. for them. So fighting. Stuff like that. Hard. There's certain things in MMA, you know, where you want to, uh, when it comes to uh, healing, surgery, and, and dealing with injuries, you want to do it right, not right away. Yeah. Yeah. Very and true. That's what. That's why I ended up getting my second surgery, because I was just like, okay, I can I can bounce. Let's go. And I messed it up. You did it again. Mm. Oh, yeah. I landed. Ugh. It was a terrible throw, and I landed on it up, up against the cage, and my knee went one way, my foot went the other. It was the worst. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Well, so. we wish her, uh, you know, good luck and mm-hmm. getting better and taking the full time she needs to, to fully heal, because we don't want her rushing back and doing the same thing over again. Yeah. yeah. So now, because of that, uh, Justine Kish, Kish, Kish? I say Kish. I say Kish. I I apologize. I should have it down better (laughs) uh, by now. But uh, Justine is is out, and they brought back Tisha Torres. Mm -hmm. Yes. Number three seed who... uh, Lost in an upset, bit of an upset in that very first uh, first episode, right? To Brandon yeah. Marcos, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think it was an obvious decision. All the girls were mad on Team yeah. Pettis because mm-hmm. she then got switched over to Team Pettis. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, so everybody all, on Team Melendez was also upset too. Because they, they were upset her. too because they lost her. They wanted yeah. to keep her, mm-hmm. but 
I mean, guys, Dana White's making the calls. Tisha Torres didn't beg for the second chance. Tisha Torres had, had no decision in it whatsoever. It was completely yeah. Dana White's call. Um, me and Jay were talking about this the other day. Circa back to some other seasons in The Ultimate Fighter, I specifically remember season one of The Ultimate Fighter, Chuck Liddell versus Randy Couture. Mm-hmm. There was so much team swapping that by the end of the tournament, there was only two fighters that didn't switch teams. And that mm-hmm. was... Forrest Griffin and Stefan Bonner. Yeah. And they ended up fighting each other for the, you know. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't remember. It's It's been such a long time since I saw their first season. Right. I don't remember all those switches. But I there did go back so and many. look. And the thing is that, yeah, s- switches and comebacks, you know, replacement fighters, mm-hmm. that's a part of fighting in general. Guys, yeah. um, you know, it's it happens. Last-minute replacements, a lot of times, even at the whatever, uh, whatever level of the pro ranks, a match will fall out at the last minute. You know, mm-hmm. can we say, uh, you know, Joe Soto and Hennembera, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, and these things happen. And I think the experience of the tournament, Ultimate Fighter, the house, it's it's a pressure cooker that throws all of the, uh, the issues and elements and factors of fighting and mm-hmm. living the fight life in one compact six, six-week experience. Right. Replacements. And th- people, having to fight people you don't want to fight, mm-hmm. that happens. That's a part of it as well. Yeah. Whether yeah. it's a title fight and you go, shoot, I got to fight a guy that, you know, my, my teammate is number one contender. I got to defend against him. Or uh, in the case of uh, our buddies, uh, Jared Papazian and John Robles, a fighter falls out and training partner is the only guy willing to take the fight. Yeah. You know, either that or you don't get the fight and nobody gets a paycheck, you know. Very good point. This yeah. stuff is just, you know, par for the course. And... Yeah, it's for it makes sense for Tisha to come back given that uh, she was highly ranked. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely, and you know it's. Uh, um, I, I was going to say, I mean, probably, uh, probably the most, possibly the most competitive match of the ones that uh, thus far. You know, yeah, that I, one went to decision. Definitely I mean, the most entertaining. Three rounds, yeah, yeah, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. So you know that makes sense, and you got to switch teams to even it out. You know, so be it. It's it. It's just for the sake of the the most immediate match, right? Uh, against uh, who am I thinking of? Uh, Beck Beck Rollins. Yeah. So Beck doesn't ha- she doesn't get a buy, right? No one wants Beck doesn't want a buy, right? I, I would guess, uh, and so she doesn't immediately have to fight a teammate. You know, she uh, you end up bringing bringing somebody back that's deserving. That happens. You know, I was looking doing my uh, my research like the nerd that I am. The <laughs> you know, Brazil uh, tough Brazil the first one. Um, Vitor Belfort and, uh, and, and Vanderlei Silva. Uh-huh. Vitor Belfort's team was demolishing Silva in the tournament. And I think this was by the, uh, in the semifinals, I believe. Uh, semis are the, the quarters. Three of Vitor, uh, Vitor's guys ended up getting traded to Team Silva. Yeah. And yeah. they had all won their matches, you know. And, you know, when the trade happened, if I remember correctly... Uh, you can watch it on Fight Pass for nine ninety nine. I knew that was coming. I, yeah. I knew that was coming. Every time we created that joke first, Besides, <laughs> uh, you know, separate to uh, another sports entertainment show that uh, that uses that gimmick live. But um, I believe that was forced. This trade of three fighters going to from Team Belfort to Team Silva. Yeah, and, it definitely wasn't a choice. Yeah, I remember the episode. The guys were crying. Uh huh. You know, when they have to make this decision, and it was like, dude, this is. I don't even know why. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a soap opera, you know, right, of, of all these, right. these tears and stuff, or a Barbara Walters interview. I think yeah. what it comes down to is that 
uh, people need to realize that MMA is not a team sport, like we were saying Which, earlier. Yeah. Dan, uh, he brought that up too. He's Dana like, White yeah, said it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, it's not. A, this is you're going to end up fighting each other. Yeah, it, it, it's happening right now in the UFC. I mean, Hector Lombard and uh, Robbie Lawler and uh, Tyrone, Tyrone Woodley. Woodley. Yeah. They wanted Tyrone. Yeah. Win- Tyrone Woodley to fight Hector Lombard, which would be an amazing fight. They, mm-hmm. It was on the Australia card. Mm-hmm. And they called up Hector Lombard. He's like, hell yeah, no problem. Right. They called up Tyrone Woodley, and he's like, no, no, man, I can't take that fight. Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, I have Hector on the other line saying he has no problem fighting you. Yeah. And he's like, oh, he talks out of it. And it started this war between teammates. It's like, if you're not even that good of friends anyway, why not take the fight? Yeah. You have to know. I mean, I look at my training partners that are in my weight class, and I'm like, and I think about it all the time. I'm like, there's going to be a day mm-hmm. where we're both competing for the same goal. Yeah. And it's probably going to be sooner, sooner rather than later. And yeah. it's good to accept it now. I just, I, I can never picture fighting, like, in, in, you know, professionally amateur or whatever, as a team sport. I've never saw it that way. Like, it doesn't matter. You can become friends or you can become in a it certain team. It only works in wrestling, collegiate and high yeah. school wrestling. Right, yeah. And right. even then, you will have to wrestle your your buddy to get a spot on exactly the team, you know absolutely this tryouts is, or whatever yeah, it's it a may competitive be. sport like this that's is martial what it arts is. uh yeah it's just a competitive sport as you said um the personal feelings may they are obviously an element in in mma and in martial arts in general uh-huh. but they shouldn't necessarily be because again you know martial arts combat sports a lot of the the tenets of practicing it are what respect yep uh camaraderie competition etc mm-hmm. um and so when you have to face somebody you have to test your skills against somebody it shouldn't matter whether you despise them as or, a human being yeah. or if that's your buddy that came over you know right. to a sunday barbecue now i'm not saying that it's easy i completely agree with you but I'm not, yeah. I'm not i'm not saying it's easy but i'm just saying it's something to keep in mind early on mm-hmm. for example um i really want to get carla sparza in eventually um we've been trying oh, to get her on <laughs> <laughs> we haven't been successful yet uh you know some scheduling conflicts but i want to talk to her about her and felice herrig's who do we have on the line george here? on the line oh george is on the line george. come on in buddy What's hey up? hey 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 hi who's there uh it's alexis j tan and me daria hey it's who Jay, Alexa. Jay, Alexis, and Daria. Are you the usual suspects, boss? <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> we're just talking right now about uh, uh, about teammates fighting teammates and Tisha Torres coming back and and everybody not being happy about that. You know, and what do you uh, think about Tisha Torres coming back? What do I think about it? Yeah, uh, I think we're all in agreement. It makes sense. Nice. Well said. That's it yeah. in three words or less. Well said. That's perfect. Couldn't say it better myself. What do you think, George? Uh, I mean, I was a little upset about it. I mean, like everyone said, she lost. It was just one of those things where, yes, she's the number three seed by default. You know, yeah. it's not like she fought for the number three seed. She just happened to have the most experience. But, I mean, she lost to the number 14 seed. I mean, how good are you if you're <laughs> going to lose to the number 14 seed? It's unfair to... The number 13 seed or 12 seed. So what do you do to resolve the problem? What do you do with Beck Rawlings? Uh, you have you you get all the losers and, and have them fight. And the winner gets to fight so-and-so. Gets didn't, to fight Didn't Beck? we say that last last episode? Honestly, it, it, just, it just kind of looks like too much of a handout. I wouldn't... I would do something that just wouldn't make it feel like she just got handed another opportunity, which essentially she did. 
So I would have done. I don't oh, know. he I, was I, saying I, make all the losers fight, and if Tisha's the winner of the losers, then give her the second chance to be back in the winner circle, or whoever yeah. wins it. That wouldn't fit schedule wise. I mean, you're talking about a six week right. shoot. That's two know. matches to fight. Just to get back in there. I mean, you break it down, you look at it. Okay, you take all your losers, you put them in a pile. The the standout... <laughs> I'm sorry, but the imagery right there was like, pile. pile. <laughs> you, the standout uh, athlete out of all of them is Tisha Torres. She's clearly the most experienced out of all of them. Uh, I think she's the highest seated out of all the losers. I think that's the reason to bring her back as much as it was the most competitive match. Really? Really? She's the number three seed, yes, but she lost to the number 14 seed. That's going to be right. a great right. argument. <laughs> so she, didn't, she didn't get finished. It went to three rounds. Um, I'm running here to my notes, but uh, let's see. Unanimous decision, 29-28. Oh awesome. You know, compared with, uh, let's see, JoJo and M- Emily Kagan. JoJo won it uh, across, no, 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 majority draw. or uh, Sorry, majority decision. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. Feliz obviously uh, finished Heather. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jessica Penne finished Lisa Ellis. So, you, you know, you can't justify bringing back Lisa S- Ellis. Arguably, and Angela. The, the only other one that you would bring back would be Emily Kagan. Yeah. Yeah. Being that she only lost by majority decision rather than unanimous decision. Right. So that that literally is the most competitive one. So I, I take back my word on That's Tisha Torres being the you most know, competitive. Emily... You put up Emily and Tisha to fight just to be able to fight Beck Rawlings? That, it would be an interesting idea, but once again, I don't know how scheduling, I don't know how that would I work. Think it been, I think it would have been somebody from the outside. They should have brought in the 17th seed. An alternate? Oh, oh yeah. okay. I mean, it's not like she had to, it's not like she advanced to the second round. It's still the first round, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, there were three women that couldn't compete on the show for, uh, one wasn't 21. One was yeah. uh, didn't speak any English, and I forget the third one, but maybe bring back one of them just for the fight. I'm guessing that there's still the same problems. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that one spe- doesn't speak English, still isn't speaking, speaking English yeah, well that's enough, true. and uh, who knows if Paige turned 21 by that point. <laughs> Very true. Did you guys talk about um, Angela M., I think it was, and kind of her be- not being happy with Heather training with them? We talked about more, more general, saying that the whole team was unhappy about it. We didn't really dive into it yet. Why? What's your thoughts? My thoughts is, for once, I'm actually going to side with Heather, just because if it was me... Now, remember, this is a tournament. There's only one winner. Right. Dude, if somebody doesn't want to train, good. That means they're not going to win. You know what I mean? Like, right. for me, I don't know what the big deal is. If, if somebody in my team, yes, they're my team, but if they don't want to train... And then, then I hope I want to be. This is my thought, George. This is my thought because all all of this drama, if you notice, was prior to Heather's fight. So this is my thought. Uh, when you see someone not training and you see them, you know, maybe doing their cardio, riding a bike, whatever they may be doing, you think if this mother effer wins and they didn't put in the hard work that we are, I'm going to be pissed. So I think it was more of that. Like, what if this girl, you know bypasses and and goes on to win these fights and didn't have to work as hard as us didn't have to you know blood sweat and tears like we did so maybe maybe that's what if that person's win if that person wins without the blood sweat and tears and the hard work then they deserve to win yeah then they have the natural talent to win clearly i'd be surprised if they did put in that work then i'm afraid to see how good they can be if they can <laughs> yeah. be that yeah. successful without it valid point it's it's a strange thing because in from what you hear Angela saying of Heather not training with the team compared with, uh, you know, cutaways of them training in the past several episodes, 
I can think of two instances when Rose and Heather were training, and and Rose ended up uh, hurting uh, hurting Heather. It was a cut, mm-hmm. and then I think something about uh, like overextending her. Uh, she hyperextended her knee. Right. Knee. Yeah. 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 And you know, which is to say, um, other than that, obviously Angela was there and we weren't. Um, how much Heather was or wasn't training, right? And was Angela just you know beating the drum? Right. It, it's hard to say. We don't know if, uh, like you said, Angela's over exaggerating, and she mm-hmm. really was training more than they showed, or, or who knows? We weren't there. Yeah. There was some bad editing, though. I don't know if you guys caught it, but there was a, a oh, shot of, of, of Heather on the little bike thing mm-hmm. that she was doing, mm-hmm. and they cut to her, and it looked like a shot from like two weeks ago, and then so I think she had like a green shirt, and then Gilbert was like, "Oh, come on, come on over, uh, Heather." And then she had a completely different shirt, but they're implying like it was done like five seconds afterwards. Oh. Yeah, so I caught that. I wasn't I was really happy like... with some of the editing. But it kind of one of those things where kind of you think, and it's probably <laughs> more than what it's probably more drama than what you think it is. You know. Good work, Selma Schumacher. Good eye. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That's, that's reality uh, that, TV. That is reality TV, right unfortunately. There. Yeah. Um, yeah, they have to exaggerate certain things uh, to make it entertaining for us. Well, like Jay said, they've been planting seeds all along yeah. to start up for this. And I think Angela's just she her her real drama didn't really well for Heather's drama didn't really start until she hyper hyperextended her knee because that's when she was only doing the bike apparently. So right. that's when everybody <clears throat> was giving her major problems about it. Either so. way, it was obviously a storyline. The the everybody hates Heather storyline mm-hmm. was something that they wanted build, and that's something that. You know, is I think we may have culminated, or at least we've seen the first chapter with Felice beating mm-hmm. her in the match. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see a little bit more of it. Yeah, you know. Well, uh, Mr. J. Tan was with Felice Herrig, Carla Esparza, and Jessica Penne two nights ago at Buffalo Wild Wings, watching yeah, the viewing party w- mm-hmm. at the viewing party, watching this episode. I'm so curious, Mr. J. What did they have to say? What did Felice, what did Carla, what did Jessica Penny have to say Carla about this? Carla was eating a lot. <laughs> that girl, I got love for her. I want to sit down and do some all-you-can-eat with that girl. Really? She was ordering and ordering and ordering. I saw two pieces of cake, neither of which I got a bite out of. Wow. Uh, big thing of nachos. I think there were some chicken wings in there. She was going to town. You and go, Carla. God bless yeah. her for Happy it. birthday. Yes. Yeah. Um, but you know, I had a nice uh, conversation with Felice. All, all three of the girls. It was fun to meet them. Um, Felice, and on, on top of the, watching the episode, after that there was tough talk, which right. was uh, also one of the more interesting. Uh, I segments, thought it was mm-hmm. too. Very um, interesting. Yeah, of, of the season with Karen Bryant uh, talking with Felice mm-hmm. and Heather right there on the spot, um, and you know, Felice. Uh, she largely, you know, she she said generally what she said on the show that she just doesn't really know uh, exactly where it came from, where the whole thing started. But right. other, other than uh, presumably Heather calling out Felice for a match, if I remember correctly, I believe prior to the season when they, when they first fought, mm-hmm. so, so this was a couple of years back, uh, Heather was trying to get a match with Felice and calling her out. Um, I believe at must have been at one fifteen. If I remember correctly, right? Okay. But she hadn't. Heather had never made one fifteen yet. And Heather's, oh, okay. I'm sorry, Felice's stance was, "Show me that you can make one fifteen. Then we can talk. Have a couple of matches there, and then we can talk." Um, and so, you know, obviously it did happen. I don't remember if her match, their match, uh, the first one Invic- at Invicta was one fifteen or one twenty five. But I'm not sure either. I don't know. I think she, yeah, Felice has been 115 for for a minute. Yeah, I, th- I, so, I would assume it was 115. Yeah. yeah. So but. obviously it did did happen eventually. Mm-hmm. And then of course 
it, it stands to reason, you know, when you lose, you want that rematch. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it just became a thing. And once they got booked on the show, I think the producers probably said, hey, we got, uh, you know, there's several rematches to be done. And but that one's, yeah, that a, one's a, a big a one. gimme storyline, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... It was, uh, you know. It was fun hanging out with the gals. Yeah, yeah. I want to hang nice. out with Felice so I bad. Know. Felice, hang out with me. Be my friend. <laughs> <laughs> she does seem very cool. I Ryan, think. I emailed you. Let's talk. Felice, nudge, nudge your guy there. Nudge your rep. <laughs> there we go. Maybe we will see her on shortly. Yeah. Uh, Jorge, you there? I sure am. <laughs> <clears throat> what do you think did of the ladies? About, did we talk about the, the uh, California Pie League? No, we haven't. Let's talk about the other match of the past two weeks. It's very important here. After Buzz's own... Where? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Shut okay. up now. After Buzz's <laughs> own, cut to her right there, Daria, the Jersey Devil, Baronado. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Wins a fantastic and very tough three-round war in, I'm going to ruin the name here, Adelanto, California? Yeah, I think that's right. Okay, Adelanto. Maverick Stadium. We talked about it on previous episodes. Uh, it is up on YouTube, shot by... Yours truly. Very good video. <laughs> Very by good the way. video. Yeah, he to, had, of course, he had the VIP cage side seats. Um, you know, it's all who you know. Yeah, he had yeah. very good video. <laughs> I mean, um, what a, what a tough. So three round war. Um, you were. I, I'm trying to trying to think exactly. The uh-huh. First round, a uh, bit back and forth. You were on fire. Your energy yes. level was ridiculous oh through the whole match. <laughs> awesome. Came pretty close, I believe, in the second. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? You faced the same uh, same situation as Felice in her Heather match. Very bring, similar. Bringing it back to Bacon yeah. with a very tight guillotine choke. Almost mm-hmm. went out. Uh, survived it. And then in the third, was able to slap on one of your own and uh, oh, secure so the win. Oh, so good. I was like, <laughs> yes, get it back. It was awesome. It's exciting when... Uh, you know, you're, I was stuck in a guillotine and I'm like, oh, I'm not tapping. I'm not tapping. I hear my coach say 10 more seconds, 20 seconds pass, 10 more seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly he was lying to me, but, uh, I thanked him afterwards because it, it kept my head in there. Um, and then, and then to come back and beat her the same way that you had, you know, mm-hmm. almost lost. So that was interesting. Uh, talk about it. Talk it about it the, was the, the most feelings. fun I've ever had in my entire life. Um, oh, we could see it. I, yeah, <laughs> go watch the video guys. It, it's very entertaining. Uh, even watching myself, it's funny watching myself because I'm like, who is that girl? What happened? <laughs> um, I don't know. Something, ju- I think it's the years of preparation. You know, you train all this time and you're always like, oh, that I'm going to fight one day. I'm going to fight one day. And then the day comes and there was nothing but excitement. I was yeah. just so excited to finally showcase my, my talents. You know what I mean? And uh, it was a really cool venue. There ended up being like I think thirty five hundred people there, which was, was huge nice for an crowd. amateur yeah. event. It did great there. Um, up in, up in the boonies, so very nice crowd. Um, but and really cool fans. Afterwards, they were all you know. You were walking around with me. You probably, <laughs> you probably got the most uh, the most fo- um, you know photo opportunities and, and congratulations. You yeah. guys really were fight of the night. Stole the show there. Absolutely. She came out there to fight. Uh, yeah. I came out there to fight. And I think it was just, there was drama from the start. At the weigh-ins, uh, you know, I was kind of laughing and giddy. I went to shake her hand, and she walked away and wouldn't shake my hand. So I, I think there was the nerves. <laughs> no, I wasn't trying to be intentionally. Uh, there was, you know, when girls fight. Yeah, there's girls always fight. That, weird, that weird, awkward. Yeah, so definitely. Let great. me ask. So it's really interesting, I think, that. You so adamantly seem to have didn't feel any nerves at all. It was just a fun, happy, good day. The for weirdest you. thing ever. So was that uh, 
do, do, is there anything that you attribute to that? Did you have a lot of like false starts in in terms of your fight career? That yeah, I'm going to take a match. No, I'm not going to. And and maybe it just built up to this. Um, well, when I was think? training in in South Florida at American Top Teams about two and a half years ago, three years ago. Um, I mean, that was my prime. I had been training mm. there straight for a year. So mm. to have my amateur debut made sense then. Mm. Um, it was never in talks. It was in talks. It was like, oh, Darius should fight soon. Darius should fight soon. It just never happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I ended up getting really sick. I actually had a case of tonsillitis like three times in one year. Wow. While I was training there. So, um, take them out the second time? No. Yeah, I was like, they, they actually told me one more time if I have one more time in the year. <laughs> I feel like that's not, okay, I know. Right. And I'm sick now with the same thing and my tonsils are swollen. That's a whole other story, but. Thanks, Marcus. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was really sick that year and it just never happened. And then I ended up moving back, back home or mm-hmm. to New York. And, um, I, the whole time I was in New York, I didn't train. I mm-hmm. kind of just, mm-hmm. You know, took a break and I worked and I worked on other things my in my life, my career. And then when I moved to California, I was like, oh my God, I need to fight again. Mm-hmm. Started training. And then it was obviously like, okay, now I have to take this first fight. It's been so long awaited. Yeah. Not necessarily a lot of training time, but a lot of time thinking about it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So I came back. I've been back training for four months now, five months. Yeah. And then I took a fight. So it's been something that's been in the back of your head, like psychologically, you've been there for a while. Right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Had no problem pulling the trigger after that. Yeah, and it all just came came easy from there. Yeah. Well, um, what can I say? I mean, that just <laughs> a fantastic showing there. I think we're all very proud of you. Thank Super you, bad. thank you, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for making that trek all the way up there, Jorge and, and Mr. J. Yeah, George almost didn't make it, in fact. Yeah. Jo- George, what's the story on that? He took the wrong way. <laughs> His map. I went like an hour, like an hour north, instead of going like east. What? You know? No, you didn't. He, he was going to, coming I from really a different did. direction. It was the whole valley thing, you know, right? As, as opposed oh, yeah. to up to fifteen. Oh but, uh, boy. Yeah. So uh, what yeah, about? I will save my thoughts for Sunday. Okay. <laughs> oh. Um. What do, does it put the show that we're talking about now into any different perspective now that you've got it out of your I, I feel that's a good question. I feel a little more worthy of talking about the actual in cage experience because yeah. when I always used to hypothesize about you know what they'd be feeling at the moment, I was speaking from sparring or you know mm-hmm. the experience I did have with uh you know my fellow teammates. But now I feel like okay. I went through, it wasn't like a quick fight. It was three rounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, you know, I went through some, challenge. Yeah, yeah, it was a challenge. It was competitive. So I feel like I can relate to how I'm feeling pre-fight, how I'm feeling in the cage, and how I'm feeling after yeah. the fight, and my antics and my energy and all that kind of stuff, and relate to these girls a lot better now. Yeah. And and you'll get closer to that as well. I think a lot more insight with every match that comes Definitely. Out. Definitely. Yeah. I think it. I think it helps this. I think it helps me talking about it because it's like, oh, that time. Oh, yep, same thing. You know, when I saw Felice in that in that guillotine, I was like, oh, I feel your pain. <laughs> I feel your pain. <laughs> Didn't Felice say she was almost out in that guillotine? Yeah, she. We talked about that at uh, on Wednesday. Uh-huh. She said it was really tight. She was uh, she was seeing stars. Yeah, and and was just able to kind of reach down to the intestinal fortitude and gut it out. Yeah, that is where that out. mental, uh, that you know, mental preparation comes in. She said, mm-hmm. I think Felice is one of those, she has a really good team of coaches. She's from Team Curran, I think. Yep. Um, and I always see her posting stuff on social media with her, with her coaches and her teammates. So I think she's one of those people that really relies on, you know, that strong structure. So I think yeah. she has a very uh, good mental state in the cage. 
even mm-hmm. though she was away from her coaches on the ultimate fighter. So I think she just hung in there and prayed to God she didn't go to sleep because once you go to sleep, they obviously call the fight. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that was my fear. I was like, Oh my God, if my eyes close, the ref's going to stop it. You know, as long yep. as I could stay breathing and keep my eyes open. Because the referees are that much more liberal with, yeah. with, uh, calling a finish. Right. At the amateur ranks. Definitely. Yeah. yeah it was definitely a fear. Is that how you feel when you get in the cage, George? Sometimes. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm more of the crying type. I tend to just cry until it's just over. Not How's to that? mention that the cage is usually the drunk tank after he gets away. <laughs> and he's crying in the corner with his back to the wall, oh hoping that yeah, nobody notices and going, Cause somebody make bail for me! Yeah. I mean, like, I'm usually crying until it's over. <laughs> Jeez. Hey, whatever works, works. <laughs> Um, I mean, well, you'll see. Well, you'll see. When I'm 40, it's like my my thing to do before I'm 40. To have a fight? To have a fight? Yeah. I told oh, you. I got another one. There we go. Yeah, U of I MMA. I got one for the U of MMA. That would be so cool. Oh, George, start oh now. George, I would, <laughs> I would make the biggest poster. Yes. It would say, really? Horge all the way. Yes. And Get I'm it? Help her. <laughs> It'd be George, the Horge, and the Mutha. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, and of course, I had my hype team. You know, my oh pre. My but, you know, honestly, I was thinking about it the other day. Right. I swear to God, you, you you can write it down, put it down. If I ever become an MMA fighter, even if an amateur, I'm going to come out to Hulk Hogan, real American. <laughs> of course he is. Of yeah. course he is. <laughs> of course he is. <laughs> Wait. So remember how we had that big debate about my walkout song? Yes. yes. We had a very large debate uh, on our on our show about the walkout song, and these guys had all their opinions. The funniest Did part they play was the wrong song? they played the wrong song. Yeah, what? I have never heard the song they played before <laughs> in my life, which is probably due to my age. But I, I had no idea what it was. I don't remember what it was either. I remember hearing. I'm walking the beat. out, and I'm like, I think it was. I think it was the person <laughs> after you, like not the girl, but like uh, the next fight. Right. Went to the same song, and I'm like, that's odd. Wow. You know, and that's it wasn't like uh, you know how they had the. They the flubbed my song. They all had the same song. But right. It was like an actual commercial song. I'm like, no, not two times in a row. Right. And considering what you were saying, <laughs> I'm like, they've had to got Dario's song wrong. Yeah, they messed it up. Well, thank God I didn't need the extra hype. But what did you? What did you? Where are you going to come out to? I was going to come out to Eminem till I collapse, like my original plan was. Oh, man. <laughs> and I, I was waiting to hear my boy. You know, Eminem gets me all pumped, and I'm like, okay, I can roll with this. <laughs> I can roll with this. And it was like some old school hip hop. At least it wasn't like jazz or something like totally. Country. Yeah. Hey, no, 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 no. I would, no, I would roll with country. Way. Not a bad. I would thing. roll with country. Little Keith Urban, Kenny Chesney. Would no, no, I was thinking of something totally different. I was thinking I like Keith banjos Urban. or something oh, okay. like that. Yeah. <laughs> like bluegrass. Like folk. Yeah. yeah. You know what's funny? It just occurred to me that what? nobody else, unfortunately, nobody gets to come out to, to music in the Ultimate Fighter matches. Yeah. You just walk through those Bolshewood doors <laughs> and there's two stands of people cheering and stuff. <laughs> I would like to know. I mean, I get it. It's a gym match. I know, but, but. I mean, it would be kind of cool. <laughs> I would like to know how that experience is because I can imagine that being in the house and fighting there in front of Dana White, but mm-hmm. not a crowd, not a crowd and Dana White, just just Dana White and a couple other spectators. I would imagine it would have a, a different feel. Oh, it's very different. I would like to attend one or talk there, to somebody that's yeah, been in one. Yeah. Like well, you know, I'll, uh, I'll break kayfabe here. Um, yeah. You know, I think about two years ago or so, a year or two, Bellator had their own reality show. Right, right, Fight right. Mm. And that was very strange because it was only, it was in shot in a warehouse. Uh-huh. It was Cage, Cornerman, and then there were four coaches 
right. sitting there on on nice you know love seats or whatever watching it. What? That was the only uh, oh, that was the only so audience. Weird. Yeah, and so the it's match so would creepy. happen, and then afterwards. Uh, the fighters would come out and you know talk with those four coaches. Right. It was a, a strange panel, probably like um, you know Idol or Voice. Yeah. Or whatever. Right. 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 Yeah. And that person, the the fighter, would decide which coach he wanted to train with. George, are you all right over there? Right. We hear alarms. Hey, man, your car, bro. Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. So now we're in the. Uh, we have the quarterfinals so far. We have Carla Esparza, Jessica Penne, mm-hmm. yeah. Felice Herrig, mm-hmm. which who's already matched up against Randa Marcos, yeah, and Joanne Calderwood. George, out of those, what know. do you what do you see happening? I think I think Team Penne is going to go eight and zero. Okay. What do you think about Felice Herrig versus Randa Marcos? I know I have my okay. thoughts. I mean, I, I mean, uh, based on based on kind of what you see, I think I think they've been focusing a lot for on Felice for her to lose. So I don't think she's going to lose. I think she's going to maybe even take it to the semis, maybe even finals. What do you mean they've been focus focusing on Felice to lose? Well, you tend to you tend to typical editing is you tend to focus on the people that are going to have an impact on the show. So they've been focusing a lot on her. So mm. I think that she's going to go think- far in the competition. So I do think she's going to beat. Uh, what was her name? Ronda something? Ronda Marcos? Ronda Marcos. Ronda Marcos. The one that beat yeah. Tisha Torres. Tisha Torres, yeah. Which means that then she faces the winner of, uh, well, either Joanne Calderwood versus whoever wins uh, Rose Namajunas and Alex Chambers. That match is still going to happen. You know, it's, it's interesting that George talks about uh, an 8-0 sweep. That's never happened in, in Ultimate Fighter history. Really? I was looking through, went through all 20 or I believe 25 Seasons, uh, and it's never happened. It's never happened. The biggest dominations. It's really interesting. Um, you know, in some seasons they do one weight class, so you're talking about 16 people, right, mm-hmm. going after one contract. Other times there will be uh, two weight classes, and that's eight people okay. uh, in each tournament. So right. you know, uh, they're automatically in quarterfinals and then you know the semifinals. The biggest domination that I could find so far was Ultimate Fighter Four which was the comeback season. Right. Mm. Essentially, it, it was called uh, Team Mojo versus Team No Love. It, it, fight, <laughs> fighters in their creativity. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Matt Sarah, you know, ended up being something of the captain for, for Team Mojo, and Rich Clemente's nickname is No Love, so uh, mm. they nicknamed it that. Right. Um, by the semifinals here, in, uh, in the welterweights and the middleweights, um, of the welterweights... Uh, Sarah's team, Mojo, had all four of their guys uh, in in the semifinals. It was a clean sweep constantly of all Team Sarah. Wow. So, wow. you know, what's really interesting, again, you end up having to fight the guys that you train with, yeah. you know? Right. And in the middleweights, they uh, they had three guys versus one uh, one from Team No Love. See, season one was similar, if, if I recall. Yeah. Chuck Liddell was... Spanking Team Couture? They, yeah, yeah, he had yeah. a good run in the beginning. If yeah, I remember it, correctly. it might have changed because they literally kept switching. Mm-hmm. So huh. it's like, is this Team Liddell or is this Team Couture? Because they're yeah. they're giving their teammates away. So it was hard to tell which team was really which team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, team Rampage, Ultimate Fighter Seven and Ultimate Fighter Ten. Ironically, uh, Rampage uh, Jackson was was a coach for each of those seasons, and. His team pretty much got <laughs> spanked yeah. in those seasons as yeah, well. That was you know? So we've never seen it. Season. We've come close. Uh, and then the closest probably being that Ultimate Fighter uh, Season 4 in terms of a full sweep. Well, let's, who do we have? 
Well, we've got right now. It's it's still early. Ironically, right. we're in the quarterfinals, yeah. and there are one, two, three, four, five, uh, five team Pettis fighters in there. There's three more slots that need to be filled. So if all if Melen- team Melendez turns things around and goes on a sweep, right. that's three to five. I'd call that you know reasonably even matched. Even though there's no denying that you know five and zero oh is is definitely a nice run. You mm-hmm. know. Um, but it can still get mixed up a little bit. You know, if it happens, then there's only one match you're talking about where it is teammate versus teammate, and that would be Felice versus Rand Marcos. Yeah. Right. That's interesting that uh, Carla Esparza was saying how she didn't want to train with Tisha Torres because she might have to fight her mm-hmm. in the near future. But that's, she could have to fight anybody on her team. So yeah. what is she going to do? Not train with the team? She's been training with the team all along. Yeah. So I would like, what I was saying before, I don't think I ever got to my point, was if we have uh, Carla Esparza on or Felice Herrick, I would love to ask them, mm-hmm. aren't they nervous being so good of friends that one day that they're going to have to fight each other in the UFC? I mean, if Carla Esparza, let's say she wins this whole thing and has the title. Mm-hmm. Felice has to fight her eventually if she wants the title belt. You know what I mean? And they are. But will Felice make that run? Big enough to earn that number one title shot. Is the well, I'm just so speaking theoretically. That yeah. If she wants to make that run, if she wants to be the number one competitor yeah. in the in the world in the UFC, she's going to have to fight her best friend. Especially in that division. I mean, everybody's pretty much just one after the season's over. Right. Everybody's pretty much just one win away from a title mm-hmm. shot. Exactly. Yeah. I, and I see what he's saying though. Yeah. And it's like they're not only just friends. You, you you mentioned their chemistry when you were with them the other night. They really seem to be how they seem on TV. They're yeah, close. but that, that happens a lot with, with many different mm-hmm. fighters. And I think it's a scenario where you, most of the time, in in the instances that I've seen, right. you cross that bridge when you get to it. Or as I, I like, guess, yeah. as I, I just like to say, re- you burn that bridge to, when you get to it. Right, you know? yeah. I, I, I relate more, I guess, because I'm seeing the female bond rather mm-hmm. than, usually it's guys and I... I look at it as, oh, it's, you know, it's guys, you know, they yeah. fight anyway. But I just really, yeah. you know, I know how I am with my girlfriends and, you know, my best friends. And I just couldn't imagine fighting them in a cage. But I guess the relationship's a little different. So yeah. I guess they'll be fine when I, it gets there. I always I always found it like fighting, even though fighting complete strangers is always very exciting. But fighting your friend is like, you know, it's kind of that weird competitiveness that you, mm-hmm. you have. I always found like, you know, when we had to compete within dojos. Right. That we all knew each other. We all grew up together. But it was always just awesome to just kind of fight each other and see like, who is Who's the best? Yeah. Right, right. So and I found it as all the all the egos and emotion yeah, outside. Exactly, right? I completely agree. Like it was. So just, it's just a matter of professionalism, I guess. Yeah, yeah. they'll Absolutely. get there when they get there. Uh, one more thing, uh, George. What do you think, Beck Rawlings and Tisha Torres? That's gonna be a good fight. But I do think, like I said earlier, what do you I say? do think Perez is gonna get the sweep. So I do think that Tisha Torres is gonna win that one. Oh, do you? I mean, do you think she's the better fighter out of the two? Number, what do you guys think? Number three versus number eight ranked, but again, hearkening back to a couple of episodes ago, you know the um, the disparity between number one and number sixteen is right. much smaller in mm-hmm. a weight class like this, definitely, than a the men's middleweight or welterweight or lightweight or one thirty five division, yeah. the bantamweight division of women, yeah, like Ronda Rousey. Um, but I think, oh, I don't know. I saw Beck Rawlings fight. It was a last minute fight. She took it on. Uh, three or four days notice against Carla Esparza for mm-hmm. the title in Invicta, right? Correct, yeah. Okay. And I'm watching this fight prior to the show, you know, trying to really learn the girls, and I was impressed. I was yeah. mega, mega impressed because you're talking Carla Esparza was, was the champ. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
And Beck Rawlings took this fight on a couple days notice. She held her own. She's a very, very tough fighter. Mm-hmm. She's one of those girls I would imagine sparring with would be horrible because mm-hmm. when you hit her, she doesn't back away. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. very tough. So, uh, but Tisha Torres has killer stand-up. Mm-hmm. So I would like to see if that did any damage to Beck Rawlings. I think it's going to be the most exciting fight to date. Hmm. So mark my words. Hmm. Hopefully that'll be like a finisher. The question becomes if Tisha learns from what she... She didn't pull the trigger a lot. I think that was kind of our, our critique in her right. first match against Randa. She didn't pull the trigger with her striking as much as we would have thought she would. Yeah. So does she change that strategy and, and let her hands and feet go in that match? I think it's the same thing with everyone that has lost so far on the show. I think a lot of them, the nerves and the and the platform they're on right now is getting to them. And I think they're kind of trying to play it safe. But I think this is the time to do the opposite. This is the time to put it all out there, yeah. baby. Put, uh, you know, throw it out there. Mm-hmm. Let the hands fly. Whatever it is that you're good at, it's do it. Better to lose a great match than win a shitty one. Especially yeah, in Dana White's eyes. He goes yeah. out on the limb saying it all the time. He's like, uh, you know, Diego Sanchez is a perfect example. How many times has he had second, third, fourth chances just because mm-hmm. of his heart and how good of a fighter he is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, he not necessarily has the best record, but. Well, and that's why people these days now really like to to fight Diego because mm-hmm. you know that you're going to have a great looking match, mm-hmm. and he's not the fighter that he once was. You ca- you have the chance to build a name off of him, right? Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's it's funny. My boxing coach points this out. Uh, when a boxer loses, mm-hmm. when a boxer goes, you know, you know, one and one, it's like the end of the world. When a boxer gets like two or three losses, mm. whereas in MMA, this was his point of reference. Where in MMA. You can have losses on mm-hmm. your record and yeah. still, you know, and still go to the top. I was looking at it right now. I think out of all of our champions, the most losses a champion has is two. Really? It, yeah, I, I could be corrected, but I think it was two. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. They don't have a lot of losses, but they do get that leniency. Whereas, like, we have Floyd Mayweather, who's, you know, undefeated, thirty-eight and zero. But anyway, guys, we will be back next week. We are going to see Angela Magana versus Ashley Daly. Uh, number 12 versus number 5 and that will finish who's that going to decide Ashley the winner of that will go against Jessica Penny yeah yeah, very interesting guys thank you very much uh, do you want to give some shout outs I'm all over your social media as usual Instagram Twitter Facebook JTAN716 and we'll be announcing the next U of MMA show pretty soon early 2015 Ooh. hold on to your breath oh, I'm back, excited kids. Okay, go. Don't hold on to that. Okay. No, 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 no. I want you to live. <laughs> like, you told me to do it. Um, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter on atorres890. That's A-T-O-R-R-E-S 890. Very cool. Uh, you can find me everywhere at DariaB28. Check out my new Facebook page, Daria the Jersey Devil Ray. Or Daria the Jersey Devil Baronado. Guys, we will see you next time. Thank you. Hi, Mom. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 